TFS episode number 165. This is Greg Duncan. And I'm Gordon Beaming. This is Josh Garberg. And I'm Martin Woodward. How you doing, folks? I thought I'd gate crash this party. How's everybody? <laughs> Good, Martin. Man, it's been a long time. It really has. It really has. Sorry I haven't been around. But yeah, I've been busy working on something. I don't know if you've, uh, I don't know, there's a little stuff gone out today. So I don't know, see how things are. We'll maybe talk about it in the show. <laughs> so what, beyond the big news, which we'll talk a little bit later on it, what else have you been up to, man? Or has that been it? Yeah, I mean, you know, pretty much focused on um, the Azure DevOps launch before that. Obviously, the, um, the GitHub acquisition stuff was 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 a busy time when we were, you know, getting ready to do that. And then I've been that's kind of off in deal land, making happen now. So I haven't been involved in any of that at all. While uh, while well, they go do whatever they need to do to close that deal. So um, so that's been that's been good. I've been able to focus on yeah Azure DevOps launch what, and what kind of involvement did you have in the GitHub uh, acquisition? Um, you know. Is it a good idea? <laughs> How much should we pay? You no. Know? Mostly oh, okay. it was actually right at the very last minute with, um, um, you know, like getting the messaging ready and, you know, helping get Satch's slide decks ready. And, yeah, you know, he doesn't do his slides himself, turns out. Well, he, he has a lot of involvement, but somebody's got to draw pictures. And, uh, yeah, apparently I'm a PM now. And uh, <laughs> so, yeah, just helping out with some of that stuff, helping out with the messaging, helping out with a lot of the... Um, you know, making sure that people who were going to cover it in the press understood what it meant. That's what I think. So you're, you're like, time. the deal was already made and you were part of the messaging, basically, like you just said. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like, you know, uh, well, it wasn't completed. Uh-huh. Um, but, um, you know, it was Nat was the one kind of driving things. And then mm-hmm. and then he needed a, a couple of people. But you can't have... When things like that happen, like if they call it tented inside Microsoft, you know you're in a team and, and um, you have to be briefed in, and there's, there's only like I don't know, a couple of dozen people, and then it's sort of before you kind of knew about it, and then you had to, and then you announce it. So yeah, it's all okay. good fun. Busy time. You know they say things happen in threes, right? So you, you did the GitHub thing, and now it's as yeah. DevOps. So you're waiting for number three now. I went on vacation. That was awesome. <laughs> uh, that was news for me. Um, yeah, I don't know if I can do it. Well, we did pipelines. The oh no, the open source offer the pipelines. That's something we'll talk about yeah, in a minute. That's, well, that, that's something yeah. I've been like, you know me, an open source. That's you know that's something been in the works for a while, and that's like a large chunk of um, when we were talking about coming back to the ALM side, like when they were talking about trying to be able to, you know, trying to figure out how they could do this. I was like, yeah, I want to be part of that. That sounds amazing. You know, if I can, if I can tr- trick Scott Guthrie into giving millions of dollars away to open source, I'm all up for that. So anyway, let's go, let's go through the show. I'm, I'm, I'm uh, I feel, I feel like I'm the guest here now. This is weird. It's, it's funny. First thing I wanted to cover is let's, let's get the, it's like good, bad and ugly. Let's get the ugly out of the way first. Well, uh, thanks very much. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we'll save the good. The, what did I call it? Unicorns and rainbows for okay. the next story. But the first one is last week and VSTS, uh, September 4th, was kind of an ugly day. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> briefly, Martin, what happened? Uh, um, we <clears throat> Yeah, you can tell my, from my voice it's still emotional. We had um, – <laughs> An outage uh, in the um, South Central U.S. Uh, region, Asia region, um, had an outage around what had it been about? It was early morning, nine thirty 
Eastern, was it, something around then? Um, power failure and stuff. And, you know, so first you kind of hear is, you know, telemetry just all exploding and there's an outage and, you know, jump on an air cycle. And these types of things are always interesting when stuff like this happens. You know, there's always a bit of confusion and stuff. Um, and then a lot of... Um, uh, so we were out in South Central. The South Central region... Um, it not only does it host obviously the customers who've chosen to host their customer data in the South Central region, but it hosted a few um, services and a few internal tools. It turned out, uh, which were singletons in that region. So, for example, the um, status page was uh, the tooling to update the status page data was um, was stored in South Central and, and not cross DC. And uh, you know, so like trying to people trying to log in, trying to notify people that there's an outage and then they couldn't log in and stuff like that so that was fun and pointed out some you know some key, we actually knew about that one in already and we were already working on like fixing it and making it multi-region um but that kind of highlighted some of those complexities and things um ad had some challenges um and then that caused us to have problems with authentication, which then turned into a bit of a, you know, these things kind of be a, a, what's called a cascade failure. Mm-hmm. They tend to sort of snowball globally. The marketplace, the VSTS marketplace, and or now, what's now called the Azure DevOps marketplace, um, <laughs> and the VS Code marketplace and, and the Visual Studio marketplace, that was all hosted in South Central. And it, it being out caused a problem with certain plugins, but also with dashboards. And usually with, like, UI code, most of these services are written to what's called degrade gracefully. So if a um, service is unavailable, um, then it should degrade gracefully. It should, you know, it should still render the whole page and give you an error kind of thing or do something nicely, you know, that doesn't like, isn't jarring for the customer. But that particular one hadn't been tested for that sort of stuff particularly well. And so it didn't degrade very gracefully at all and was causing lots of problems globally because it, that was down. So, um, and then release management, some of the release management stuff, um, was hosting South Central for the, for all of the U.S. customers. Um, and so all of the U.S. were having problems of release management so yeah it wasn't a good day so we were all scrambling to fix that um a lot of it was books done a, a post-mortem about it which uh, you know i guess you'll have a link in the show notes but right. it was all related to um a lot of it was related to azure storage and um a decision we made very early on uh not to fall back um the azure storage because we didn't we couldn't guarantee you know a little bit of customer lot a customer data loss and data loss is um, the Bolton for us, you know, is one of our core tenants. We always try and do everything we can to make sure we don't lose any data. <coughs> Excuse me. And so um, we, yeah, we decided to wait for Azure Storage to come back up, and that kind of um, uh, took a while to come back up. So for the people who were in that affected region, it was pretty horrible for them. It was the, um, yeah, it was, you know, team feel pretty bad about it, I'll be honest, and mm-hmm. we're doing a lot of work to kind of make sure it doesn't happen again. But um, it was the worst outage we've had in the, you know, seven-year history of, What's called Azure DevOps now, VSTS before, VSO before that, Team Foundation Service Preview, was it before that? I can't, yeah. I'm trying to remember. Services, yeah, so, Team Foundation yeah, Service. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. So, um, preview, yeah. yeah. Yeah, so it's like, you know, since we launched that publicly, it's, <coughs> excuse me, it was the worst outage we've had. And, um, yeah, we're doing everything we can to make sure it doesn't happen again. So I want to ask Josh and Gordon. Uh, Josh first. 
Josh, were you impacted by this outage? Somewhat. Uh, we've, we've got people in, in different geographic areas, and some of them were having more problems than others. Uh, myself, I wasn't really having too much of a problem outside of like dashboard and identity stuff. But other folks who are in central um, time zone and kind of central U.S. were having complete, you know, completely different experiences. They, they weren't gonna, able to get into the portal. They weren't able to get into... And that was on the same account, was it, Josh? Yeah. That's interesting. Yeah. Yeah. So, I, so I'm not really sure exactly what's afoot there. I'm sure I could theorize, but uh, I, are they I, AD? I were they uh, were they authenticating using that to AAD? Were they based? Mm-hmm. Yep. Oh, right, okay. That's interesting. I wonder if they were going to a. I wonder if they were actually their AD traffic was being routed to South Central US. And anyway, yep. yeah. And Gordon, so did yeah, we, yeah. We, I mean, we we have like some R and D stuff that's in in Azure DevOps at the moment. Um, we don't, like our critical, uh, not critical stuff, our, our mass company stuff is still on-prem. I'm busy going through the exercise at the moment of doing cost analysis and all that jazz and and finding all those hidden costs that we're like, no, we don't actually pay for it, but yet we've got like this huge server that's running stuff and there's bandwidth for backups leaving South Africa, going to Azure, like it's busy doing that full cost analysis at the moment. So, I mean, for production, the production line wasn't affected that much in, as far as, like, uh, Azure DevOps is concerned. I mean, we, we've, we felt it with um, the stuff that we host in Azure, though. Um, so some of our services, like, it's more around the, the maintenance experiences, like, inside the Azure portal, um, some of the stuff wasn't working properly. Um, but, I mean, all, all our IaaS stuff was working fine. Some of our PaaS stuff had like random issues but they I mean they came right but otherwise yeah i mean it was largely also at night time for us most of the outage so there was I suppose, has it affected first. your ability like did it resonate did it register at work like has it has it hurt your ability to convince people that it's a good idea to move from on-prem to the cloud or no, not, not really. I mean, okay. if, if, if anything, what I've found is like guys seeing this, they're starting to like um, dig into their sort of DR strategies more and and try to see like are they actually covered um, and they're, they're looking at how they're testing their DR and like are they testing their DR effectively um, or are they just doing the, this is the sort of blue sky, how, how it could best fail that we could recover from it kind of thing. Um, so yeah, I mean, I, I've, I've seen, I mean, although in the outage was, was bad, like I've seen a lot of positive coming out of it from the way customers have been reacting to the fact that there was an outage, which is quite nice. So Gordon, nice. you were impacted by more the Azure outage versus the, the VST. More than the VST, yes. Yeah. 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 Okay. What about you, Greg? You're a, you, you're running a changed operation nowadays. You're, you know, to the cloud and everything. So yeah, we're loving it. We're, we were rock, we're rocking it. Uh, yeah, last week was a little bit ugly. Uh, luckily, we don't you do, or luckily or unluckily, we don't do dashboard boards much yet. Uh, but the release side, yeah, that definitely impacted. And I definitely got a number of emails and saying, hey, I'm on the release page. And all I get is a spinning circle. It's like, yeah, let me. They, you know, let me look, and then I. You know. Hey, where's the link to the release page gone? It appears to have disappeared. That's, <laughs> that's what an example of of graceful degradation. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> Extreme. So it impacted us. It impacted us. I mean, we were trying to we were trying to do releases. We're under the gun to get some releases out, and you know, the spinning circle. We couldn't get it out uh, as fast as we wanted to, but in the end, it didn't really impact us much. Uh, 
beyond that, people aren't, oh, we should go back to TFS. We should go back to on-prem. No, no I'm not hearing any of that, luckily. Uh, yuck. Okay. Um, well, you know, apologies from on behalf of the team anyway for you know to you guys and to anyone listening that was affected. It's you know we do uh, we do feel very bad about it. We do taking it very seriously. You can guarantee um, we're looking at where we need to make investments. Do we you know not just survive an act of God, but can we survive like two concurrent acts of God? You know these are the sorts of conversations that are happening now, um, especially as you know a lot of our offices are in North Carolina and they're busy battening down the hatches today. And you know it's all very top of mind at the moment so um yeah sorry about that but hey we were um if you want it's worth reading the post-mortem though isn't it it's quite mm-hmm. they're always interesting stuff and you, you kind of realize the scale at which they operate is pretty insane yeah and you know brent ozar i don't know if, if listeners if you guys know who he is but he's like mr sql server it's got a, a Great number of SQL Server utilities. I'm sure you guys know about them, and I'll have links in this show notes. But he has thoughts on Microsoft's Azure outage, not VSTS outage, but just the Azure outages. And, uh, you know, Brent isn't afraid to say how he feels, you know. And the quote that I love is uh, from his post is, the postmortem is fantastic, open, honest, at least at least it reads that way and goes through enough technical details to satisfy a wide variety of readers from managers to technical implementers. So definitely go through those. And, and the important thing, Martin, as you've already said, is the team has learned and the team's going to take action on this learning. So that, that's the, the, that is the important thing. So enough of that. Let's talk about the good stuff. What happened this week? There was a little side project that you're working on there, Martin. <laughs> I think we lost Martin. Well, yeah. until we get oh, well. Martin back, he's coming yeah, back. Martin's there. Yeah, Martin's <laughs> um, Then I'll, I'll steal his uh, – steal his he, he, and yeah. he, Listeners, last week, VSTS, Visual Studio Team Services, got rebranded and relaunched as Azure DevOps. Azure lost, DevOps. Lost this week. Yeah. Wait, did I say last week? Yeah, yeah. Oh, uh, okay. Uh, are, you, no. are you in next week already? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know where I'm well, I was sick as a well, dog. We're only releasing this next week. <laughs> yeah, really. No, this Monday, it was the official launch. Uh, the, the trigger started getting flying. There was videos that announced it, and we'll have links to show us to those on a Tuesday. But VSTS became Azure DevOps Services. Is the full name for that, and what this really became is a comp- the relaunch name is a perfect uh, description for this because they totally and completely like relaunched Visual Studio Team Services. But here's the important thing. All right, all you listeners out there, your cheese. If you are uh, were previously a VSTS user, your cheese has not moved. What you did on Sunday, you could still do Monday and Tuesday. And I think that's the the important thing. Because I know when I first heard about this, I was really scared. It's like, oh, my God, what? The URLs are going to change? What about all my build agents? Uh, what about my users? What's going to happen to all this? You're renaming stuff. Oh, my God. You know, my hair was on fire and stuff. It was all scary. And um, Martin and the rest of the team basically said, Greg, chill. You're okay. 
the, the first thing I did is I went into logged into all my uh, accounts. I'm like, change the new URL, change the new URL, change the new URL. I was like, the guy was like, will it break stuff? I'm like, we'll know soon enough. Change the new URL. <laughs> well, it shouldn't do because it, yeah, because it uh, yeah, yeah. sort of the old URLs still work. So you know, you you find there. But the um on the the cheese moving, I think the only thing we broke like. That we could have done a bit better. Give people was was, email, was everybody's email um, uh, rules because everyone set up a rules for filtering the notifications, and we we changed the email address on the rules. But um, but yeah, and didn't give any notice of it. We just did it. You know what I mean? So uh, I think uh, I think that's probably the only place. If you're an, if you're a, a customer already using VSTS, not using the new nav, you logged in on Monday morning, you hopefully didn't notice. Well, actually, for us, we didn't start seeing the, the flags flipping until more like Tuesday. And some of the guys are saying even until today. So, um, but it's a gradual yeah. rollout. Uh, Martin, give us like the scoop. What what happened? Oh, so can you hear me okay now? Is my audio still funky or is it not too bad? No, it sounds good. No, you, sound, you sound good. Okay, no. cool. Yeah, I had to. I re, for the audience, I just reconnected then, so I missed a big launch announcement. But yeah, so... Just to, I'm just going to recap anyway. We launched Azure Pipelines and we launched all the individual services and then we've got the suite name called Azure DevOps as well. So you, uh, if you still want the suite like you are with VSCS. Um, and we've got a free offer for Azure Pipelines as well, which we can talk about in a bit. So uh, what happened behind the scenes? Wow, okay. So Monday morning around um, 4 a.m., I think it was, got into the office um, we basically had every feature flag that we were able to switch on switched on uh, before. So things like um, the ability to have free builds for public projects, um, like that was actually switched on about a week or two ago, and we just didn't tell anybody. We, we had one person email support saying, hey, I think something's wrong with my account. I, I appear to have 10 parallel build agents now instead of one, you know, and we were like, that's yeah. very honest of you. Thanks for letting us know. You know. <laughs> so apart from that, um, uh, yeah. So lots of things were switched on. We'd switched on already. Um, we do what's called safe deployment, free rings and things. So we've been running for about a week or two using the new branding on our internal accounts across Microsoft. Um, so we, we were fairly confident things were okay. And then around 4 o'clock, uh, we, we started on a conference call. I was in the office here in Redmond and just fired up a conference bridge and just went through the schedule, um, flipping feature flags for all the different rings. I took some screenshots of seeing, you know, TFS configuration changes roll out and all these, you know, because all the service, there's a service called TFS in within Azure DevOps. There's a service, you know, and SPS and AAX and all these, you know, there's lots of services. And so, you know, you roll out a feature flag across across the different rings of a service, make sure everything's going okay. So we, we did that. Um, things really kicked off around 7.30, which is when we switched on, like, documentation, videos. We switched the Twitter handle from at the STS over to at Azure DevOps and, you know, started doing all that sort of stuff. And then 8 o'clock, published a blog post, started tweeting about it. Um, 
And yeah, and then it all kicked off from there. And boy, there's been uh, a heck of a reaction. And then we, and then so that was done, uh, positive as well. Hopefully, everybody will agree. And then we rolled that all out. Um, and then we carried on rolling it through the SU, so through the scale units, so through the different rings. We have five major rings. Um, each ring has a exponentially more users attached to that ring. Um, so we go through each ring. We wait a bit, make sure the feature flags sitting okay and we wanted to do this at least you know before we wanted we wanted to get it out of the way and done before we had the the event where we're trying you know on the tuesday morning where we were trying to um have the keynote and trying to start driving people to it so um we try and have we try and do all the rose rollouts ahead of events like that rather than trying to do it while the event's going on because um it doesn't look good if you've got an exec stood up there and you you break the service live in front of their eyes you know so and plus we were being very super conservative with the outage the previous week you know we were we were just uh you know making sure everything was okay and just yeah just being even more conservative than we normally are which is pretty darn conservative so uh, it, all went, it all went okay there was a couple of problems believe it or not you won't have hopefully have noticed them but um do you, do you want to know do you want to know yeah. the gory details yeah, yeah okay yeah. so uh let's think um the at one point during um at one point during the thing during the rollout the um the links you know the acquisition links when you're on the home page and it says like or you're on azure.com and it says get azure devops or get pipelines or something mm-hmm. at one point they stopped working and that was to do with an akamai caching issue and so we had to go like do some stuff with a cdn and then um the Existing customers, the only change to existing customers was that they got a banner that popped up to say, hey, um, the, the, um, you know, this thing is uh, available. We're now Azure DevOps. Click here to learn more kind of thing. So that was hopefully, if you're an existing VSTS customer and you weren't using any new nav, that was the only thing that happened to you that day was a little pop-up came up. However, we noticed that pop-up was some of the code of that pop-up was appearing in some API calls, some JSON feeds that didn't need to be there, um, bizarrely, due to a weird <laughs> bug that's been in the system for seven years, but we didn't, we'd didn't, we never noticed it before because we don't use the banner very often. And uh, we've added new tele- more, a lot more telemetry lately, um, just in general, improving telemetry, but also, you know, in response to the outage and things. And we detected that the, the amount of bandwidth being sent out had grown. Oh. And we were like, why are our page sizes? He's got a lot heavier. And we're like, oh, this banner has been included in too many places, so we just switched the banner off, rolled that change out, fixed it, and then switched the banner back on again. So, so yeah. So uh, that was that was literally the only thing that you know kind of went wrong during the whole thing. Really, it was pretty smooth. But we'd done a lot, a lot, a lot of testing, and you know we'd been running with the flags for weeks before. And you know, as MVPs, I don't know, did you have access to the new branding before? I'm not sure how it worked with your accounts. No, I, I didn't. I, I remember I was, I was saying, I, I, I can't remember who I mailed. I was like, hey, can we get access so I can write some blog posts? And I didn't get a reply. I was like, I'll take that as a no. <laughs> oh, I think that was probably me, Gordon, actually. Yeah, I, yeah, I think I was <laughs> middle of the way through, like, trying to figure stuff out. But uh, I think to do it, we'd have had to move you into a different ring. You would, So we'd have to take your account from wherever it is into... Yeah you know ring zero which is where we which is what we call our canary ring so we'd actually yeah. do we'd actually had to do a server move of your account and i was like he probably doesn't want that i'm just yeah i meant to reply but apologies I'm, if i didn't i'm totally fine with getting bits straight off the devs machine hey 
<laughs> yeah, exactly. What could possibly go wrong? <laughs> no, yeah, I mean, I'm I'm confident that the team can fix anything. So, yeah. well, you you're getting them the yeah. same time that we are if you're on that ring. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, well, that's if MSN can run there, I'm happy that my account can run there. Like, if you trust, right. if you trust your releases enough to run your own stuff, yeah. So yeah, so that was it. And and literally I was sat we were on this conference call, you know, making sure we're different teams, switching feature flags, coordinating all that, making sure any issues that came up. You know, it was in it was an LSI bridge sort of proactively stood up, a life an incident bridge, but with no incident yet, you know, just to make to keep all the coordination. And then if there were problems, people can just jump straight into the audio channel. You don't have any of that you don't have any delays there. It's all instant. Um and yeah, it was all pretty awesome. And then it was just amazing to see the reaction coming in. So we, you know, we have this, the open source offer. So yeah. uh, if you're doing an open source project, if you've got a public project, it doesn't matter where it's stored. Obviously we have a, um, you know, we have an amazing integration with GitHub and GitHub's like the, the premier place for open source. Um, but if you were doing open source in, in, um, Azure repos, if you were doing an open source project in Bitbucket or GitLab or whatever, it still works. Um, and you get unlimited build minutes across 10, 10 concurrent jobs running on Mac, Windows and Linux. Like that's just the only grant, like everyone's like, what? You know, I've had a few grumbles of people complaining. They're like, that's not fair. How can you give open source people 10? Yeah. You give us one, you know. I'm like, dude, yeah. <laughs> give a guy a break. Like, it's basically, that was basically based on talking with open source projects and working with some early open source projects to get them to pilot stuff. Um, it was like, how many do you need? You know, and there were a lot of people wanting to run like Mac. Windows and Linux jobs concurrently and maybe, you know, so they can build all platforms at the same time and maybe have a couple of things. And so we were like, well, let's take the number and let's let's kind of double it, you know. Um, let's make sure we've got more capacity than they could possibly need. So as far as open source projects are concerned, it should hopefully be hopefully be fairly, you get a lot of build. And, um, yeah, and it's all the same. We don't have, like, a downgraded service for open source builds or anything it's like the same build pools that we use for other things you know you get there's 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 one level of service and that's awesome you know it's um yeah so i'm just so just so thrilled we're able to do that and been doing working with a few different open source projects and things and trying to get them to adopt and like the work that have you seen see python has moved to vs you know has moved sorry i'll get used to the name has moved to azure pipelines for builds like that's nuts you know python it's, yeah i it's saw just, that in the keynote that is like it's yeah. insane like it, i mean it's all the things that you wouldn't think like you think no I mean, you, when you think try get someone random to convert you like i'll go find a java person yeah and then you're like python and you're like well, what the hell happened there it's like yeah and you know and like the electron like um electron apps are a sweet spot as well so like the atom editor people and github desktop and the electron project itself like you know working with all these different people so yeah we've been doing some work with open source projects and then since we've announced you know been on the twitters talking with a bunch of other people and what's been really gratifying is seeing all these projects go let's have a look and they're like oh this is pretty awesome let's give it a try oh wow this is amazing yep yep we've got it we're in and you're like oh i was going to offer to help you but you appear to have just done it already all by yourself that's awesome you know so and then i was talking to um there's a thread going on overnight between like the cake build guys and a person on my team a guy called ed thompson mm -hmm. and ed was like hey have you seen this trick you know and he was showing how to do a build for raspberry pi uh using i'm going to throw a bunch of acronyms here but using qemu which is like an emulator yeah. um in a docker container 
in the build <laughs> and doing doing that he's like he's like okay you want to build bits natively for the raspberry pi done here you go you you know you want to build bits for the mainframe is what he'd show just for a laugh you know what i mean done kind of thing and um yeah and so i was like you know mind blown and the cake build guys were like what so it was all <laughs> and they're amazing because the, the cake build team are awesome because they're awesome but also they do a lot of stuff we had them on the show didn't we Greg? Once? yeah i can't remember yeah yeah, yeah and they, they do um they make sure they plug into like every build system going and every release system going. And so they have them all hooked in. And so they, they got great insights in terms of like how this one works compared with other ones. What's good, what's bad, you know, what's what's easy, what's hard. So yeah, but so far people have been loving it and I'm just, I'm just so, you know, it's just amazing that Microsoft's changed so much that like, it was almost a no-brainer for us to donate, you know, all these resources to open source projects to help make o- open source projects more successful. And I'm like, wow, that's, you know, imagine, like, I know people say Microsoft's changed, but, <laughs> like, I've had to have a lot of these conversations, and I can't even think about having that conversation, you know, 10, 12 years ago. But it was literally a, a should we do this? Wow, that's an awesome idea. Can we do this? You know what I mean? It was like exciting. Like, let's do it. This is a fantastic. So, yeah, I'm just so pleased to be part of that. That's amazing. I mean, yesterday during the keynotes, you have you have Jamie and Amanda uh, talking. Yeah. I'm like, what the hell? There's like two Macs like on there, and it's like there's no Windows PCs. It's just Macs. And I'm like, no, nah, like I didn't think I'd ever see that. Like again, you said, hey, Microsoft's changed, but there's normally like a Surface or something up there. But now it's like, no, nah, there's two Macs, and it's like everything's just cool. Like this is just how we do things now. It's like, it's, yeah, and that wasn't yeah. that wasn't deliberate actually. I didn't realize that until I saw the live stream, and because it, yeah. that was that was Jamie's personal machine and Amanda's personal. You know, it's their yeah. they're their corp, they're their laptops that they use for work. Yeah, I, I mean, like, ah, that's, that's funny. <laughs> even at, at summit, you see them, the guys sitting there. So you, like you look, um, they were like most of the, the PG guys are, and you're just like it's Max, 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 Max. Well, it's not like, all. But, so there's plenty of Surface books as well. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I mean depending it's on the room, it's like, hey, I managed to spot a guy that's not using a Mac. Like, what happened? Uh, I'm not. I'm, bizarrely, I'm not today. I'm I'm using my my trusty Surface book. So, but yeah. <laughs> So oh, it's, it was crazy. So was it, but was it, go ahead. Sorry. That's okay. Josh, do you have anything, any questions? Yeah, actually, you know, speaking of open source, I was just wondering from, from your perspective, what it was like to integrate with GitHub Marketplace, what that experience was like, especially with everything, uh, with GitHub joining forces with Microsoft and everything like that. So that's a great question. Uh, um, in terms of like the acquisition isn't closed yet. So we'd started, we've started this a long time ago and we were actually working on this before the acquisition. Um, and I don't know for sure, but, um, you know, like realizing how well that kind of relationship was working sort of thing, I think it sort of definitely helped, um, you know, I think it trigger the other rather than, rather than, rather than it be because of the acquisition kind of the acquisition came after this, which is interesting. Um, bit of inside baseball anyway, I guess the, um, in terms of working with them, it's great. They'd already like done, uh, app center is, or it was already in the marketplace and that's kind of, that's kind of the same team. If you, you know, it probably doesn't, you probably don't notice it from the outside, but it's all the same org. Um, it's the same backend services underneath. So we'd had quite a, quite a good bit of experience. And then that was announced to build, I think, wasn't it? That one. And then, um, 
uh, they've done one. They've got CI integrations with like Travis and GCP, uh, Google, and stuff. So um, you know, we just we're just another CI provider in their marketplace. But obviously, we're the best and the most generous, you know, and the easiest to use. But I would say I would think that. But um, yeah, uh, as far as GitHub concerned, we're just a uh, uh, part of their marketplace, and we go in that way. What's fascinating though is um, it gives customers another acquisition experience. So rather than um, you doing free is obviously easy. You just do free, sign it up, boom, you're an open source project. But if you want to pay for additional pipelines, um, you get, what did we up it to? 2,400 minutes, I want to say. No, 18, it used to be 240, and now it's 1,800 minutes free for a private project. But if you want additional private pipelines for your additional build jobs, whatever you want to call them, for your uh, private project, you can buy them direct from the GitHub marketplace, you know, and just slap down your credit card. So if you're a, and you don't need to pay us anything else apart from the pipeline. We, we removed all the user constraints um, on pipelines as part of this announcement. So if you are a GitHub user or a Bitbucket user or whatever, and you just want to use Azure, and you want to use Azure pipelines for your private projects, you give us 40 bucks a month for a unlimited, you know, build server and we'll host it for you and if you want if you want two of those then you pay us 80 bucks a month you know what i mean so um just made it so much easier for people to be able to like acquire pipelines as a standalone thing and then that leads us to the next change in that you can actually use parts of azure devops um just individual components of them so obviously pipelines is the only one today that you can separately go just buy on its own um and it's the one that's probably the most pluggable with other systems right now. But if you want to, um, this, this, I don't know, do you, do you, you probably have this, Greg. You want a project that's just got boards enabled for your business users, and you don't want any of that code and stuff because that'll confuse the heck out of them. Well, you still got everybody on Jira. Is that what you're doing, or have you managed no. to get them off that yet? Oh, yeah. No, we were on Jira, and we're off of Jira, and, and then we were on to version one, and now we've got the mandate we're moving off of version one 100% on Azure DevOps and, and Azure Boards. Nice. So. Well, hopefully this will make it a lot easier because you can have a team project that's just Azure Boards, give your business users access to that. They go in, they just see boards and dashboards. You know what I mean? They don't see code and builds and scary computer science stuff they just see work (laughs) items and prioritization and then you can still link you know you can have your devs have access to both team projects and they can still see those work items and link to them and stuff but they can link to them from their team project and they can leave snide remarks in their version of the work item and the customer you know the end user doesn't see them so hopefully that i'm hoping that'll work quite well for people Um, I'm, i'm interested to see how that goes and that's something that I, I didn't cover very well is, is that that the direction for Azure DevOps is a self-serve service. So today yeah. you can go and you can get just Azure DevOps and Azure Pipelines, period, without any of the yeah. other things. That, that's available right today. Uh, and then going forward, the other services will be that way too. So you can just sign up for boards. Yeah. Uh, if you're already a customer of Azure DevOps, you can go into the project settings and turn off those available services. If you don't want them to see test plans, you're not doing tests, and it confuses them to see the little um, uh, beaker thing, then you can just turn that off. So that's pretty cool. And uh, yet for, for those services, switch for, to be able to switch off your services, you do have to have migrated people over to the new nav first, you know, for everybody to see that. So if you switch off services and you're in, and you're in the old nav, it doesn't. It doesn't change because we did. We oh. wanted to keep 
yeah we wanted to keep the old nav like we didn't want to move cheese for customers who who have training set up who have you know all that stuff and we also wanted to make it super easy for you to be able to what you can do is before you change it for your whole your whole project you can go in and actually turn yourself over to preview you know turn switch on the preview feature for new navigation model and that's just for you you can test it make sure it all works you can do it for a few of you build up your documentation internally if you need some switch on and off services and you're not affecting anybody else that's not moved over yet then you can switch the whole org over you can do what gordon did and switch your default url over from you know myorg.visualstudio.com to to dev.azure.com whack my org and then uh, yeah you, you you moved over you and you can do it when you want you know at your own pace yeah so hopefully it, it's it's all good we'll see now I got I I want to confirm something with you Martin on this mm. one. The as I understand it and as I've communicated to to others on it the way the usual feature flag works is that um you can opt in at first, right? So, yeah. so you have original functionality then you can opt in to new functionality. Uh, yeah. Most of the times individually and or as an organization. Yeah. Uh then after a period of time passes the default will be the new functionality that you can you can opt out of, right? Is, is that a way to describe it? Basically, the- well, so yeah, the t- a typical how we do these sorts of rollouts, of, especially of like not breaking changes, but definitely disruptive changes. You uh-huh. know, like changing a whole nav model. Yeah, we we put the change. Yeah, we so we've got it in in production you know it's, it runs in production for ages before we even even la- allow you to switch the feature flag on um, and we've been through several iterations of this navigation as you as mvps know because you got to try every one of them and give us feedback and then um we look at the feedback and we go you know what we got work here to do before we're going to widen the exposure of this um same with the in, the nav that's there now actually we know that there's some things we need to improve in it so it's it's the default if you went and created a brand new account now from azure.com mm-hmm. it would put you into dev.azure.com slash my org and it would have the new nav switched on for that whole org um but if you're an existing customer you can go in and switch your preview you go into your you know you click on your little profile picture go to preview features and switch on turn on new nav we'll have that for a while like that what the goal is to kind of um address the feedback we know needs addressed so people have given us feedback around like the way that teams are supported and a few other things like that uh, so go address the feedback we know, then start advertising the feature. So like that banner that we had a problem with, we'll mm-hmm. use it again. Now it's fixed. And we'll say, hey, we've got a cool new nav model. We'd love you to check it. We'd love you to try it and give us your feedback. Uh, click here to enable it. And then you and you see that quite a lot with things like, you know, the, the new releases pane and all that sort of thing. You go try it. Um, and then what we we very very closely track is the opt-out percentage so we look at an opt-out percentage and see how many people switch it back off again um like designers are very good at explaining why their design's amazing but (laughs) ui is a bit like a joke you know what i mean Uh, if you have to explain it it's not working and similarly with design like it's you know you need to see if it's working for people and if they switch it off that's a vote that it's not working for them so we we get to the point where we've you know got a very low opt-out ratio it definitely has to be below five percent of people wanting to opt back out of it again um and once we've once we know we've nailed it and we've got a good 
uh, a good story that people are liking and sticking with and being faster, able to do, you know, we look at our metrics for how quickly people execute tasks and things like that, make sure we're able to do work quicker as well. Then we'll start, um, uh, you know, so we've gone from now um, a opt-in model to a, hey, we're going to switch you over model kind of thing. Um, and then we'll, we'll advertise that well in advance and then, and then move people over once we, once we know the opt-out ratio is really low. So yeah, so that's kind of a you, and that takes a while. And then, then there's the URLs, which is like a whole different oh, yeah. thing. You know? So the way that URL, the way that the URLs, because we've, we've actually changed URLs before, so we've kind of got a, a procedure for this, and um, and then a lot of the code exists already. So the redirections from VisualStudio.com to you know Dev.Azure.com, they're going to be around for a long time. Like I don't want to make any promises, but. I would expect to see in the order of years, you know, for them to exist. Like, I don't, I don't know. We, we, there's no rush. However, we'll do the same thing with that. We will, um, you know, opt, we will be opting people in and then we'll start after a certain amount of time, we'll start looking at the people who haven't moved over and sort of send them emails and contact them and try and understand why they're not moving over. Like are the things breaking? And then even once they have moved over, so people like you, Gordon, who've moved over to dev.azure.com, like, how much of how much of you has moved over to dev.azure.com because we keep the old URL working. So yeah. we'll go and we'll have a look and we'll see what API calls are done and we'll go and analyze all that sort of stuff and try and, you know, we'll just look at telemetry to see how the adoption's going. At some point, I imagine we'll be then end up doing like redirects, um, but rather than serving on those, you know, we'll just redirect people over and then serve. But um, yeah, I've uh, currently, currently I wouldn't want to guess when the visualstudio.com links will stop working, but but it, it, it ain't any, uh, it's not going to happen next week, you know, it's plenty of time. <laughs> and speaking of the we'll probably URLs. probably have had another rename by then, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> speaking of the URLs, there was a post, I didn't, I knew about the change, I knew it was optional, mm. I kept looking under preview features for myself and my ah, organization, yeah. and it wasn't until I saw um, Kunal uh, Chowdhury's post today, Yeah. Uh, uh, how you actually change it, you go to your yeah organizational settings so it's the highest level organizational settings under general and then overview the organizational yep. url that section is where you can turn on or off what you know switching to dev.azure.com slash your project name yeah so. yeah that's not it took me a while to find that one as well if yeah. i'm honest um <laughs> i was gonna get a, i was gonna try and put a blog post together or i somebody put a blog post together that kind of outlines hey i'm on i'm a vsds customer i've seen all these amazing keynotes and do watch the, do watch the keynote if you haven't i'm really proud of it it was a like it was a solid like 60 minutes wasn't it but it was just mm -hmm. full of stuff um go watch anything this is amazing i want to switch i want to have like the definitive how to you know go from one to the other in, in, in overnight um what before without waiting for it to get advertised to you you know i want to move myself over now how do i do that so um yeah i'm gonna get that I either write that post myself or get ask somebody else to do it for us we'll see how it goes awesome yeah i, I did the whole bit i mean because I, I heard that you there is a switch somewhere and mm -hmm. i just hunted i just hunted <laughs> and i was like it has to be somewhere and yeah, because like, I mean, because even if the switch is not on, you are able to browse to it directly. Yeah, because um, like, because like you said, it is serving off both of them. It's just which one, yeah. like in your in your my organizations list, which one is it going to sort of bounce to by default? Is basically what that yeah. switch is affecting. Um, well, and what what URL gets given out in like alert emails and things like that? You know, where oh, you've okay. got no 
Yeah, so it's, that's yeah. the sort of thing. And then so you do that, and you do that at your organization, URL, because that's also the page you go to to change your org name. If you wanted to rename your org, yeah. it's the same page. So that's why it's in there. And what you do is basically you, it shows you both the visualstudio.com one and the dev.azure.com one, and then you've got a little toggle yeah. switch to say you want to switch the dev.azure one on. So, um, yeah, we'll see. So we'll do that. And then if you want to change your – if you want to move – you've opted yourself in – to look at the preview nav if you're a administrator and you want to switch your whole org onto using the preview nav people don't know this but you you probably all know it but if you go to the preview features um so you click on the, your little face in the top corner go click on preview features by default it's showing you preview features available for you as a person but there's a little drop down that says that if you're an admin that allows you to change it to be for your org and you can go in and do that and so you click on preview features you say for for this organization the organization name and then you can switch on stuff so hey i want full access to build and release for stakeholders you know because that's a new thing we've got on i want the new navigation model for everybody yep that one that on you know what i mean and that's where you actually i want the new releases of experience for everybody and the new yaml stuff for everybody go switch all those on if you're gordon so uh you know no, uh, well, <laughs> i just force everyone into whatever i want because i mean i don't want to go change it for a couple of people so i'll, I'll just change it from one place it, it is once you're sure it's going to work it's the right thing to do because in terms of managing support in your own internal organization it's like we're in this weird state for a little while where some people could be using one UI and some people could be using another. And most of the docs have moved over to the new UI, you know. So it's like, huh, you know. So I think once you can move people over, then do it. Um, I've been using the new nav for, gosh, a while now. And when I go back to the old nav, I'm like, ooh, you know, it's so much better. It's so much cleaner. It's so much faster. I don't know. What Are you, are you happy with a new nav? Is everybody using it on the phone? That's the first question. Oh, absolutely, yeah. yeah. I was going to mention earlier, like, it's just so much faster. Like, it's just so much lighter than, than what the old experience yeah. was. Yeah, let's um, hope themes come soon. People are crying out for this dark theme, you know? <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, you're talking about the preview features. There's also something to note there, which I didn't realize until a, a little while ago. Someone on Twitter was saying, like, hey, they don't have the, the YAML pipelines. Um, there's some preview features that are only available like at the org level. So like for the, the build YAML pipelines uh, feature, like you can only switch that on at an organization level. You can't right, say yeah. like switch it on for me only. Um, yeah. And while we're like, in organization it, like, settings, it's probably worth as well, while you're in there looking at your, you're in, so you go to org settings and you look at overview and you switch people over to the new dev.azure.com URL. And then what you can do then is, I think it's in, I'm trying to remember where it is. Is it policy or is it security? Uh, yeah, it's in policy. I thought so. You can go in there and you can you can go to the, um, it, that's where you can switch on external guest access, but you can also allow public projects. And that allows public projects to be created in that org. So if you want to create, <laughs> here's, a, here's a great use case that maybe, maybe will work for you, Greg. <laughs> you want to create a public project. Actually, no, you don't want it to be a public project. Ignore me. But if you wanted to create a public project that was just your boards, you could do that, you know, um, and it'd be, and that would support anonymous access. For you, Greg, what you probably want is a project. What you could have is a project per customer, like actual external customer, mm -hmm. and they could have access to a team project in your Azure DevOps account, you know, set up an enabling guest access to it, give them access to it. And that's where they can actually log their issues and where developers can interact with them like directly Ooh, <laughs> scary i know <laughs> uh, and then um your partner in crime will love that guy and then yeah and then you can um 
enable that. I don't know. There's there's a load of new like workflows that have just been enabled overnight that's that we're gonna take us a while as a community to think oh i've got all these new you know these new um tools in my toolbox how am i what's the best way of using these you know it's gonna be it's gonna be an interesting few weeks while we figure it all out together and besides just the the rebranding on it i I think that Mm -hmm. another message that i'm not sure is getting out as much i see it a lot as an mvp but it's the revitalization the the re the, the con, uh, commitment to continual investment by microsoft into azure devops you know it's just not a branding name like when it went from vso to vsts something like that it's a it's a true recommitment yeah i mean the team's already the team's been fairly committed you know the team themselves have been pretty pretty darn committed oh, for a long yeah, yeah, time yeah, yeah. but what's interesting with it being part of the it's definitely part of the strategic vision of Azure, you know, like let's make it really super easy for people to use more Azure. <laughs> and, um, but also like Azure has, you know, we have this asset within the STS that was just nobody else has. Um, and it's poly cloud. It's not just, it's not just something which um, allows you to deploy to Azure. It allows you to deploy to AWS and GCP just as easily. And if we can start, like, people going, oh, that's awesome, but I'm an AWS developer. You know, why do I need this stuff? It's in Azure. And you go, hey, but you know what? It's actually pretty awesome. And then maybe they'll, if they'll use us for their development stuff and for their DevOps practices, maybe they'll start to consider using us for some of their Azure services, you know, one or two of them, and then eventually move the whole workload over. That'd be awesome. But, you know, I, if you just want to stay in AWS as well, that's absolutely great. You know, we um love that it's like the whole any cloud any platform you know any developer any platform is what it used to be and now it's any cloud it's like what yeah i was going to ask you for that that catchphrase that can do that yeah the catchphrase any cloud any code any developer yeah yeah and and it's true like it's so much easier to have this conversation with the java devs now hey i'd like you to use this thing called azure devops it's got or, or what what the conversation you should be having isn't about the suite at all really it's hey there's this thing called azure pipelines i think it's awesome do you want to have a look at it It, you know or hey there's this thing called azure repos why don't you give that a try instead of you know and you can still yeah use it with jenkins absolutely no problem at all and then we can maybe use pipelines to do deployment because jenkins isn't very good at deployment and you get all these lovely deployment views to see where things are gone and you know it it, because it's been broken into these five services which are kind of a lot more understandable by the average person in the DevOps chain. Um, and they can kind of grok exactly what, what kind of things it does. And it's more comparable with some, you know, some of the other players in the market. They don't have, to, hopefully, the feeling of it's the sweet or nothing, which hasn't been true for at least two years, maybe even longer. Hopefully, the feeling it's the sweet or nothing. And hopefully, the feeling it's .NET or nothing. You know, hopefully, some of those feelings you might run into and trying to get people to adopt it um, go by the wayside. So, yeah. So, I actually don't imagine people say, I know right now for us existing VSTS customers, we think of Azure DevOps as like, okay, it's a rebrand from VSTS to Azure DevOps. Cool. It's not. It's taking VSTS and splitting it into a set of Azure services that you can combine with other Azure services like Azure monitoring and, you know, security center and all that sort of stuff or open source components 
or different clouds or on-prem and it's a plug you know it's a, it's more of a set of lego that you can build together but if you want a workflow that just works yep you can do it and we've got we've got the most mature system out there that's just so fast so you know industry proven and we have all of microsoft running on it we do seventy-eight thousand deployments a day using azure pipelines like you know <laughs> yeah i mean when when i saw that figure, microsoft like- stuff I saw that figure and I had to read it twice. I'm like, yeah, 78,000 like a week or a month. That sounds about yeah. right. And then I was like, what? A day? A like, day. Like, so, that that's two deployments insane. a second or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's mad. Now, that's like deployments everywhere. They're not all deployments into production and things. But yeah. like, I did that number. Like, I, I, I've got a dashboard. I've got a PowerDB BI dashboard now, uh, which which basically builds that slide for me. And um, I looked at it and I'm like, nah, that's wrong. You know, and then like, I looked, did, dug into it. And when I first started looking at it, it was like 40-odd thousand. And I was like, wow, that's amazing. That's, that's huge. And did a load of work to prove to myself it wasn't r- wrong, working with a guy called Scott <laughs> Kelly over here. And then, um, yeah, and then, like, and then just watched it go up and up and up. And I was like, you know what? Uh, you know, we're now at two a second. I'm gonna we're gonna update our public number and tell people about that. So yeah, that is mad. And that's just people think, oh wow, my, my, you know, Azure Pipelines is popular. Microsoft are deploying that many a day. No, 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 that's just Microsoft developers deploying seventy eight thousand. You know, if you include yeah. everybody else, it'd be a massive number. I should go work that out. That'd be amazing. So Any other questions you... before we wrap up? Because I guess we, uh, you know, we are kind of know. running a little bit over. Um, what other? I, I got to talk about server. Is that what you know, uh, Yeah. Or? One question first before that. As a <laughs> external user, can I, you mentioned rings. Is there any way that I can tell what ring I'm on? No. Okay. Should be invisible. Actually, I think there is, but I don't know if, uh, you know what? Let me find the link. Uh, I'm not sure if it's accessible to you. Under uh, uh, There is a site you can go to that uh-huh. shows what versions of what service is running on that account, <laughs> but I'm not sure if that's publicly accessible. But uh-huh. no, uh, it's not obvious to you, nor should it be, because we actually right. move people between rings. Okay. Um, we, we bounce because we have to have – we want certain types of load depending on um, – I don't know if you remember, we had an issue a while ago. This was a, this was like, I was probably on the show talking about it. It was a good while ago. And it, 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 it was a classic regex problem. You know, when you solve a problem with regex, you know about two problems. And the, the, the problem was basically there was some regex done, and regex like compiles itself, and so it's fine. You know, it runs as, it runs as, it jits as .NET code, so it's all good. But it, it turned out that that compilation was locale specific based on the client user. And again, that's fine for Microsoft because a lot of people accessing each instance tend to be from like a handful of locales, mostly ENUS, you know, but you get some crazy people speaking like James Bond, like me with ENGB, you know, and and like spell (laughs) artifacts with an E rather than an I, which causes an enormous amount of work um, when copy editing stuff. But um, the... um, we found that once we went to, once we went from ring one and ring zero and ring one, which were quite heterogeneous in terms of their locale mix, when we got into some of the bigger rings, a single server was serving so many more versions, so many different locales at the same time, 
that it basically ran out of memory for this like bit of pre-compiled that they ran out of the buffer for this bit of pre-compiled regex and so it ended up having to keep compiling the regex over and over and over again which then slowed down the server which then triggered a problem and blah 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 you know and it, it, it wasn't an outage or anything it caused like a degradation in a certain service but um you'll be able to find there'll be a retrospective about it somewhere but that particular one um, yeah, so when, when we had that problem, one of the mitigation steps from that particular issue, from that lifestyle incident, was to adjust the mix in our canary rings so that we had more locales sooner. Um, so that's what we did. We actually moved a bunch of people. And then recently, as part of the mitigation for um, last week's issue, we've moved we, we've moved again some. So we, we keep you on the same server, obviously, but we move you... Um, uh, we move you in, in in the rings of deployment. What you can do, Greg, is you can tell which which where where your data is located. If you go to your org settings mm -hmm. back where you go and change the URL, it actually tells you uh, like one of my accounts. You know, say it's saying here North Central US, and it tells you which um, region you're in. And then if you but if you wanted to switch regions, you have to actually right now you can't do that in the UI. You have to log a support case and but they they have the ability to move your region but there's um there's there's downtime when you do that because it's you know picking up your database yeah. and moving it across the world so there cool. we go sorry i was a long that was a long answer to a short question but no 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 helps. but that also explains why you know i, I was just thinking because i didn't see the De azure devops changes for a little bit and mm. it's very likely yeah. i'm on one of the one of the other five or something. Yeah, mm -hmm. exactly. Yeah. I didn't see it on my account until the very, very end because I created my account years and years and years ago. <laughs> and it was, it turned out the server it was in was like it is in like the end of Ring Five. So I was like <laughs> one of the last people to get it. Josh, was there any other closing questions, uh, points, comments, anything that you want to make? So one of the things that I've been noticing in the community, um, mostly online, is a lot of differences of opinion around the, the, the new naming and the new rebranding, and uh, specifically around calling it Azure DevOps. And a lot of the points that I've seen come up have been around, um, you know, the naming feeling exclusionary and that the mantra of any cloud, any platform, any language is, is maybe lost in that a bit. What, what, what would you say to that as far as, as people in the, in the, you know, social media saying things like that? So, yeah, I mean, yeah, see, I think we've done a big lump of cheese moving, um, on people. So, you know, we've done this name change from, uh, Visual Studio Team Services to Azure DevOps. Uh, one, it's shorter, you know, uh, URL shorter, which is always good. Um, there is a definite concern around helping people understand the message that um, Azure supports. Azure in general supports, you know, poly cloud, multiple clouds, and Azure has a fantastic hybrid story. So, um, and it's you know really the the cloud that has the fantastic hybrid story in terms of mixing cloud and on-prem and, you know, being able to mix and match and move things around quite easily. So I'm hoping we kind of feed into some of that. That's certainly what a lot of the conversations we have with people that have never heard about us before uh, feel, you know, they, they kind of just get it. In the past, when we were called Visual Studio Team Services, we used to have to do a lot of um, you know, explanation. Yeah, I know it's called Visual Studio Team Services, but hey, it's got nothing to do with a client. Uh, it's got nothing to do with the IDE. It's got nothing to do with .NET. It's you know any any language. And if you're like a sysadmin on Linux, or you're um, you're a Java developer, um, 
you kind of like the Visual Studio Team Services name didn't really didn't really resonate for them either. It was pretty exclusionary for them already. Problem is, they weren't our customers because they felt excluded. You know, so for I think a lot of um, I think a lot of uh, um, conversation is from people who are existing customers, which is fine. You know, I, I've been using the name for a little while now. I feel good about it. I feel very, very, very good about the individual service names. And as I mentioned, this isn't. This isn't VSTS becomes Azure DevOps, though that's what it feels like to existing customers. This is VSTS becomes five services in Azure now, which are tightly integrated, and you can buy as a suite called Azure DevOps Services. Um, and uh, but I'm I'm predict that people will start talking about Azure repos and Azure pipelines, and that kind of was already happening anyway. But it confused people. If you talked about TFS. To a lot of people, you were talking about TFVC, and I have this conversation all the time where people are talking about TFS and they mean TFVC, um, and then they get confused when they're trying to talk about other parts of TFS, you know. Um, and you know, it was already it was been happening for years already. The people who like kind of forget about that because they're using the product every day. So I'm hoping some of that kind of the knee-jerk reaction bit will die down a bit. There are some valid points around people worrying about us co-opting the word DevOps and like, hey, you know, assuming that we're trying to tell people that DevOps is, is our tool. If you want to do DevOps, you have to buy Azure DevOps. And everybody on this show knows that that's, you know, and hopefully if you read the website, that's not for, that couldn't be further from the truth. You know what I mean? Um, we're not saying that at all. We're, and every time, even in the keynote, like every time you talk to somebody, it's, hey, this is what DevOps means to us. Um, people process products. The products are the easy part. Um, you know, I say that all the time. Tooling, you can buy it from us. You can buy it from somebody else. You can mix and match some stuff if you want. It's the people in the process and then the tools to support that. We think we have the best tools um we think we have the great best integrated solution especially for if you're an enterprise customer or if you um, if you're an open source project now um so great but if you if you want to mix and match great and i'm hoping people will be able to understand that a lot better that's the goal we'll see uh, we'll see what happens we definitely need the help of everybody here to help people understand that and we're just going to keep banging the drum you're going to notice you know we i'm going to you notice me turning up in a lot more places Donovan turning up in a lot more places people from the team and mvps and things so hopefully people will get the message after a little while but when you move the cheese it's always always hard on people what do you think like do you hate the name seriously um josh you go first okay I was going to say, I don't hate the name per se. I do understand where the sentiment comes from, though. Yeah, um, totally. With, with folks. So, I, you know, it does resonate with me a little bit there. Uh, my angle, obviously, is I love using the services. I've loved using the product for a long time, and, and I'm a bit biased towards my yeah. people that use every bit of it. So <laughs> Yeah. How about, how about you, Greg? The way you explained it here, it's basically five new Azure services with the sweet name being Azure DevOps. I think yeah. that's important. But he here's the one where I really do have the beef is uh -huh. what's happening with on-prem? Uh -huh. So, uh, yeah, um, good question. On-prem is going to, and this this definitely, and, and I know this is definitely, you know, going to feel a lot to begin with. Um, on-prem, so Radio TFS and TF Team Relation Server is changing from TFS to um, Azure DevOps Server. So there's Azure DevOps Services and Azure DevOps Server. Um, and next, not you know, not in the current update, but 
by the, you know, in the next major release. That's why we're hoping to make that change. And that's going to be the version that has the new UI. That's going to be the version that has all the shiny, shiny stuff you're using in the service right now. You know, new nav, new UI, um, new branding, Azure DevOps server. So, um, and again, uh, that doesn't make sense. Like using Azure on-prem, are people going to think that um, I need Azure Stack to install this? You know, Azure Sphere to run it on? Like what's going on there? I don't know if that's going to be a problem. Um, we are definitely um, going to, you know, sing that message loud and clear. Azure is going to, you know, is is a hybrid cloud platform already. And I'm hoping that the benefits outweigh the negatives in terms of there's just like in the past, it was always I'm using TFS stroke VSTS, you know, for you be able to say I'm using Azure Pipelines, Azure Boards, and you don't have to disambiguate or Azure DevOps and you don't have to disambiguate uh, between if I'm using client or on-prem until you do, until you decide, you know, which, so you're hosting in the cloud or you're hosting on-prem like that's a, um, and in which case you could disambiguate by saying it's Azure DevOps services or Azure DevOps server. So I'm hoping it simplifies things in terms of people finding stuff and in terms of people being able to communicate because it is a, it's the same code. And like, you know, we want people to understand that the on-prem you're not stuck on some old thing that's not the new thing. It's the same as the new thing. It's just on-prem. So we'll see. I know there's pros and cons, but we're going to give it a try. And, um, yeah, um, you know, uh, um, yeah. So, but it's going to annoy you, does it? it? Just going back to the Azure DevOps services, Azure DevOps server, you know, back to the old TFS days, you know, TFS yeah. services as a server. But again, you're, the point that you just made there—that it's the same code—I think is yeah. is an important message. People, and people didn't across. realize that. Yeah. Um, especially, and I'm hoping it'll also encourage people to, like, you know, internally, I'm campaigning that we drop the year off it. You know what I mean? Like, let's just—I <laughs> haven't—I'm a long way from winning that argument. But, um, like, because you know, actually trying to get people to upgrade the on-prem product is hard enough. So having a year is quite useful sometimes to make, you know, to make people realize how, you know, you get people complaining because this feature they've got isn't in their current version of TFS. Yes, which version they're on, like, oh, on TFS 2010. You're like, yeah, <laughs> that was nearly a decade ago. You know, we were working on that. So You're, you're going to um, add a ring, a ring six for me, Martin, and then you can do my on-prem as your ring six. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's not a bad idea, is it? You know? <laughs> but, uh, I, another question, and then we have to go back. We got a, a feedback that I want to make sure that we get okay. to. Yeah. Um, but last it's question. Been a long show. Sorry, yeah, guys. I mean, chatting ch away a lot. Apologies. Uh, that's okay. I, I, our listeners love it, uh, or so they say. Yeah. <laughs> is what is the is there an official TLA or FLA three letter acronym four letter acronym for either the suite or the service the individual services? So uh, does it have to be three? Oh, it could be four. Or are you saying this is going to be an, uh, um, uh, 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 an FLA that's a five-letter acronym? Yeah, no, yeah. So it's it's fascinating actually. So again, this is inside this is inside baseball. So we're not going to let it, you know. What I mean, and um, the the goal is for there not to be, as there always is at the beginning of these sort of rename exercises. Mm -hmm. um, and then, um, so you know, it's Azure DevOps, and kind of that's not many syllables. So. Hopefully it works. Um, again, Azure pipelines, Azure repos. I'm thinking that people would start using pipelines and repos, you know, and talk about it in quick parlance. Because um, again, it's the split 
we're going into five services and I'm thinking people will use the services a lot more. And pipelines and repos makes a lot of sense. Do we need an acronym? I'm hoping we don't. Uh, we use AZ Dev internally, believe it or not. So, um, but that's kind of like an internal thing that I'm hoping only stays internal. Um, I've seen like people saying ADOS and all those sorts of things. <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm not a bit not a huge fan of that. But um, yeah, um, Azure DevOps is what I would love to see. But I would, I think Azure pipelines and then pipelines repos. You know, that that rolls off the tongue a lot more, and people kind of understand it. But we'll see. People do love their TLAs. <laughs> and, and just think, though, I mean, VSTS, four, yeah. Azure DevOps, three. That's yeah, I know. You know what I mean? Uh, that's, not, uh, that's what I'm saying. It's like it's less, it's quicker to say. But it doesn't matter. Well, well, we have dub, dub, dub. You know, we have www in URLs and people <laughs> still use it. So, and um, that's like the most, how many, how many times can you have, yeah, more syllables in a, in, in a three-letter TLA than, than we're in a TLA? And there are letters, <laughs> but there we go. The, well, that, um, that's why Google's fixing that. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, fit in his <laughs> um, So yeah, we should see. But um, yeah, I don't know. It's going to be interesting. We'll find out, I guess. You know, uh, the one thing I do love is um, I just over the past couple of days, like what you know, even during the launch keynote day, and like seeing people using pipe, seeing people using pipelines and Azure pipelines, whatever you want to call it. I suppose you should call it its proper name. You know, I am. Um, see people using it, and like some of the crazy stuff they're doing with it, and. Um, like getting excited about it again and seeing the amount of people talking about the product. It's just fabulous. And people discovering it for the first time and they're going, wow, look at these services. And for a lot of people, you know, we've had this problem before. You've got like with VSTS, um, you know, you, you show people it and like, oh, my, where's this been all my life? You know, where's all this functionality come from? Why did nobody tell me about this? And people are really talking about it and really, you know, piling in and saying, wow, look at all this stuff. And they don't realize it's been around for like a decade. It's very mature. It's been a few iterations and all this. So hopefully, hopefully we'll see how it goes. I saw one Twitter comment that was, um, what was it? The good thing about uh, VST, the good thing about the name VSTS was that the, the, there was no way to turn it into an acronym, you know. <laughs> and I was like, I'm pretty sure that's a joke. I'm not going to respond to it, <laughs> but I'm not entirely sure that the author was joking, you know. So. All right. Well, we're at that point of the show. I think we got some, we got a, a feedback email. Uh, Josh, do you want to take that? Absolutely. So we've got a feedback email from Rod Falanja. Who says, hello, Greg et al. Episode 164, DevOps for the Rest of Us with Dave Harrison, was one of the best. I've listened to it twice. It prompts me to ask a question, which I'm sure is true of a lot of people. At work, I'm beginning, I think I'm beginning to see some interest in a few of my fellow developers and business analysts in DevOps. This is encouraging to me but I'm not so sure about the other half of that relationship, specifically ops or operations. I see no interest at all in DevOps from anyone in operations at work. In fact, if anything, I see a lot of resistance to it. For example, I'm having to wait for weeks to get access to a network share because no one in operations will do anything to give me access, and I have no idea if they ever will. Anyway, the level of resistance to anything like improving the process, addressing user customer needs in a timely manner, etc., are very low. I don't know why, but there it is. I can imagine the same is true for other people who listen to Radio TFS. Perhaps in some circumstances, it's the developers who are standing in the way of adopting DevOps, whereas operations are eager to get started. I guess if I were to try and boil this down to one question, it's how do you get the other side to begin engaging in DevOps when they don't want to? And I'm going to plus one that because I have that same, uh, not direct experience, but the, 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 the same observation on it. You know, Rod, I don't mm -hmm. think... 
I don't know of many developers who would, you know, once they see CI and CD, shy away from it. But yeah, it's getting the ops excited about it and, and getting them on board and wanting to be on board. How, how do we do that? It's good to see Rod still around as well. It's nice to get some of it, but uh, as a listener, we haven't completely scared him off. But <laughs> that's... Um, that's like that feels like the topic of a whole show, <laughs> Greg. It's, you know, in terms of getting the ops team on board. It, from my experience, it's having um, having pilot teams. Like, it, is that the stuff he was talking about in terms of you know the delays you get within a deployment process because the dev and the team aren't working together? So having pilot teams where they are together and seeing how much more quickly they iterate and how much less production problems the ops team have to deal with from their stupid devs who keep deploying rubbish to their mm. systems all day long. You know, um, like how many of those problems start to go down over time because the devs are getting woken up at four in the morning when they do break stuff. And, you know, so, um, yeah, do some pilot projects where they actually start to do it and show how successful these groups are and then have, and then because they're successful, they're seen as like, oh, wow, this is exciting. This is a good way of working and then move out from there. The challenge is when they're resource constrained, when you have one person who does all of all of the hardware changes for, you know, for your entire company or stuff like that. And you need to have them work with a dev team in one place and, you know, but you still need to like have them do the day job and stuff. That's definitely challenging. And I see that, but, um, just try and start and don't like have them part of a team. The whole point you're thinking about this being different is just, yeah, you're answering the question for you. You know, like there are four and four, you know, days to get stuff done. Well, we need to fix that. And so we, we had like top, we had top down met bottom up is how it happened in Microsoft. You know, we had the, this is crazy. Cause it was, cause people run in the company are engineers nowadays, you know, this is crazy that this, that these delays happen. We all remember them and it's just nuts. Like we should all be working together. And then people who were doing it and trying out stuff cause they're all on to, you know, trying out the latest and greatest fads and technologies and processes. Um, and, and then try it and then be very, very successful and go, yeah, this is the way to do it. Look, this completely changes how you do things. Look, it's amazing and we're being really successful and we're deploying quickly IVSCS is a great example of, and Azure DevOps is a great example of a service that's done it done it successfully and been able to ship an on-prem product and be able to do that successfully in other parts of the business go how did they, how did they do that we would love to do that and come and talk to us and roll it out on their side too so just give it a try and uh, I think you had the right idea uh, listeners do you guys let's hear it from you we will have a whole show on you know, putting the ops in DevOps. Uh, next show we already have is set up for uh, with Daniel Mann, who is like Mr. Stack Overflow. If you've seen any TFS or VSTS question on it, it's almost like everyone he is commenting on or, or answering. So he's on the next show. But the show after that, it's currently wide open. And if you have, if you're an IT person and listening and you're resistant, send us an email, radiotfs at outlook.com. If you're an IT ops guy and you're on board you know we're resistant and now you're you know fully excited about it send us an email radiotfs at outlook.com i want to hear from you if you're a, uh, a developer and you've had resistance and overcome it or not overcome the resistance but but gotten the ops excited and and they're on board on it 
and let's send send us an email radio tfs dot uh, radio radio tfs at outlook dot com. You know, let's set up a show and talk about that because I, I know I want to know. I know you guys want to know. Rod's already made it clear he wants to know. And if if Rod sent us an email, there's got to be. 150, 200, you know, uh, 500 of you out there with that same kind of question. How do we put the ops in DevOps and not forcing it down their throat, but having them want to get, come in? I mean, I think that would be the exciting thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, Greg, I mean, you just said there now, like with the forcing it down their throats, like yeah. I think one of the things that helps make that successful is if you, I mean, you, you show them the value proposition in working together, but yeah. then you, you don't say like, cool, this is how we're going to do it to succeed. You sit with them and you work through it together because I think from their side, then they, they take some ownership towards what yeah. you're doing as well. And if it, if it fails, they're more inclined to let's want to succeed because this is my baby as well. Whereas if you're shoving it down their throat, they're like, well, you clearly failed at this. Yep. Like they, yeah. they have no, emo, no like emotional investments in, in the idea going forward. Um, and in that way, they, they're more inclined to just be like, no, this is not for me kind of thing. Yeah. Nobody and that's, that. so, that's how DevOps works. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's by having this joint sense of ownership. Because it happens both ways. Like the devs are like, oh, you know, they like. So what if lives down? I'm busy refactoring. I'm busy refactoring this class to make it cooler and you know use the next <laughs> greatest model. I haven't got the time to fix production because I'm in the middle of this big complex refactoring and I just need to get this sorted first, kind of thing. Uh, no, customers are the right thing. I tell you what was the best thing about. I'm going to loop it back to these outages and then we'll, we better close because this is like the longest <laughs> show ever. Yeah, the, I am. So pr- I'm a bit tired, so I'll probably come out as quite emotional because it's been a long few weeks. But uh, I am so proud of to work for Microsoft and to work with all the people I was working with. Because you know, last week wasn't a good week for a lot of people. You know, a lot of people felt very bad about it. A lot of people were working really hard to make sure customers weren't affected. I'm bringing people up and you know, getting people to do stuff and like, hey, customers affected. I need you to go do this. Not a single, not a single person like fought back and said, oh, sorry, I'm busy. I'm, I'm, I'm doing some sort of thing. Like, because it was customer affecting, every single person in the company made it their priority. And I was explaining this to like, one of the younger people in the office, and they were like, yeah. Uh, I'm like, no, 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 you don't understand. This is not how IT used to work. Like, This is not how companies the size of Microsoft normally work. People don't just... You know, I'm like nobody to these people. You know, I'm just some, you know, middle level manager in some different org they've never heard of. You know, they don't know who I am, nor should they. You know, um, and I was ring them up. Hey, got this problem, customer affected. You know, we need you to do this now. Wake them up at three in the morning. Hey, customer problem, we need you on this call. We need you to fix this now. Yep, we're, we're there. How can we help? And that is just... That that is what DevOps transformation does to your business, and it's so uh, yeah. I'm just so proud to work myself. Anyway, I'll stop now before I start crying. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> All right. Well, I think that's a show. Uh, Gordon and Josh, thank you guys very much for coming on. Thank you. Awesome. I'm I'm making this a habit now. Soon, like I might be here with you every day, every time, Greg. <laughs> Awesome. And Martin, thank you for coming on. And, and you know, it's great please, to be back. I'll try and make it a bit more of a habit, shall I? Yeah, there we go. <laughs> and please share you know, um, our thanks to the team for the outage and what they're doing with Azure DevOps, that, that investment in it, the drive forward to make it the premier you know, DevOps platform. I'm just beyond words. 
Yeah, well, thanks. Yeah, I definitely will. And um, yeah, it's, it's, it's great to be. It's great to have been back. I'm looking forward to coming on again. <laughs> awesome. Well, ladies and gentlemen, thank you for listening. Hey, remember, give us your feedback. Radio TFS at Outlook.com or on Twitter at Radio TFS or on Facebook as well, slash Radio TFS. Give us a voicemail. Nobody's doing any voicemail. I guess I should call it and make sure it works. Uh, uh, don't write this number down. Just go to RadioTFS.com. But give us a call, 1425-233-8379. And as always, ladies and gentlemen, thank you very much for listening to Radio TFS. Radio TFS.